Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Inner Path Podcast. I'm your host, Bia, and for today's episode, we're going to be talking about mindfulness. I'm really, really excited to finally bring this topic to my podcast, and I decided to bring a guest. She specializes in mindfulness, has a a degree in psychology, and is a dear friend of mine. We had such a powerful conversation about, you know, the importance of mindfulness and anything that really helps you cultivate it and why it's important in the first place. And I really feel like there's so much value in today's conversation. We had this conversation over Zoom, so the sound quality isn't the best, but I really feel like you won't even notice it because you're just gonna love what we're gonna be talking about and i'm just so excited that you hear this so i'm just like you know let's just get into it and i really hope you enjoy it hey how are you hi i am nervous but (laughs) right Yeah, it's okay. Um, So I want you to introduce yourself a bit just to, you know, tell us who you are, what you do, what are your specialties, considering that you're going to be talking about a very specific topic today. So yeah, let the audience know. Okay, so um, my name is V. um, And I have basically all my life been very uh, connected to meditation and mindfulness because I grew up in a spiritual family mm-hmm. and later in life I decided that that was my line of work too so I took a master's degree in psychology um, I did training in mindfulness-based um, cognitive therapy and uh, I also have the mindfulness coach certification damn that's a lot I love that <laughs> yeah I have a certified queen here I love that. So guys, she's the real deal. That's basically what she said. <laughs> it's all my Virgo energy, you know. <laughs> I get that totally. I I couldn't ever. <laughs> like the only Virgo in me is my Venus and that's traumatizing. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited for today's conversation. I've been thinking about this for like a few weeks now cuz I think everyone needs to just reflect on this even myself I've been really struggling with being more mindful and I I I figured out that you know it was just important to start cultivating more of that and I think a lot of people in in the audience also need that so I wanted to introduce them to mindfulness in case they don't know what it is and really just make this conversation something that they can take on and reflect on and really possibly change their lives with it. So I'd love for you to like talk a little bit about what is mindfulness? Like, what does that mean for you? How can you explain it? Yeah. Uh, So basically it is very simple. Mindfulness Mm -hmm. is the quality of being fully present and being fully aware. Um, you're in the present moment uh, without judging uh, and you are completely in the now. So you're not dwelling on the past or the future. Um, so it is. It, it sounds pretty simple, but mm-hmm. we get lost in it 
so many times. <laughs> yeah, totally. You were saying that it's about basically not being in the past or the future. And it's funny because I feel like most people, uh, most people are living in the past or the future. Very easy to get wrapped up in, in that. Exactly. And, and also that's where, you know, all of the more negative feelings come from. If you're always thinking about the past or only focusing on the future, you lose um, your grounds and you start spending time with emotions that are either anxiety or uh, depression and you know so it, it is really important to cultivate mindfulness yeah I love that I, I feel like anxiety is more about maybe the like future right because I used to struggle a bit with anxiety and it was always about like this fear of what's going to happen next or am I going <laughs> to fail am I going to like whatever right yeah definitely um for me it was always being anxious about things like imagine that I had a test uh two weeks before the test I was already anxious and I had so much control like I could control so many things until until the test you know I could study more I could do meditation that that was still in my control but I still you know panicked a bit and, and felt lots of anxiety yeah, I think that, it, you know, what you said about the control, it's pretty much that, right? It's like the need to control our outcome uh, when it comes to, you know, always being scared about the future or trying to manage it the best way we can. And we feel like that's going to keep us safe, but somehow it actually just makes it worse. And we feel just very just chaotic and overthinking all the time. <laughs> Yeah, there's so little we can control. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think one of those things is exactly what you were saying about like being present. Like that's one of the things that we can control, which is like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know that maybe I have this test or this exam or, you know, something is coming up that is important, but I'm not there yet. So what can I do now to like maybe help me in that moment but also what I what can I do now to let go of that and just continue living yeah and really let's let's be honest being in mm -hmm. the present is not always easy if you have no training at all in meditation if you're not used to meditating especially that is one of the big practices that helps you ground and helps you be mindful. So it's a tool we use in mindfulness, the mindfulness meditation. Um, it is hard for you to be here and you end up losing control of so many things that are around you because you're not even focused on one thing. You're focused on everything that's around you. You're focused on the past, the present, and you're not here now. You're not doing what you can do in order to connect to yourself, to connect to your true potential. So you are basically limiting yourself from what you could be. Oh, I love that. Talk to us a bit about meditation. I feel like that's a big thing in your practice. You were talking about mindfulness meditation. I've never heard of it, actually. Um, yeah. So basically, um, the two terms, mindfulness and meditation, um, can be confused and I've seen a lot of information out there that actually use them um, as one single uh, practice but they are they are different because you can't be mindful 
without being in a state of meditation mm -hmm. and you can meditate without doing mindfulness meditation yeah, yeah. So basically the difference is that mindfulness is um a way of living it's not temporary it's always available you can always be mindful you can be taking um a coffee in the morning and being mindful of that um and instead uh, meditation is more of an exercise let's think of it yeah. that way so you have the intention to practice meditation and it can be walking meditation whatever so it requires the action and the intention to do it Mm -hmm. And one of the things we learn is mindful meditation and is actually the most common type of meditation there is because it's when you uh, direct your attention to the present moment, when you listen to the sounds around you and you feel your body and your chair. So that little exercise we do at the beginning of the meditation, like let's calm down and that is mindfulness. Mm -hmm. um, so you see how important it is even for meditation. Yeah, of course. Like it's very easy for people to like meditate and still not be mindful because you get so wrapped up in thoughts and worries. And what you were saying about, for example, you know, um, taking a cup of coffee and being mindful, like, yeah, mindfulness is definitely present in everything. Like we can always choose to come back to the here and the now. And what that means is, um, and you can also talk a little and explore that, but it's basically like connecting to your senses, right? It's like connecting to, you know, the taste that you're tasting in that moment or um, like the wind or the sun or whatever you are like hearing around you. Um, is that kind of what it is? Yeah, exactly. Um, so you are aware of everything, what you're listening to, the smells, the, you know, the clothes touching your body and the way you are sitting. So it has to do with the five senses. And if you train enough, it gets to a point where you are aware of your presence in the universe as well, because, you know, mm -hmm. you get used to that sense of just being there. And yeah. It's really profound. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I'm curious, like, is mindful or can mindfulness also be about being aware of your thoughts, for example, like in, in kind of seeing them as a lot of people in uh, meditation exercises uh, say like the clouds and all of that. So would that be considered mindfulness as well? Uh, yes, it would. If you're just observing your thoughts without judging them, without um, basically acting on them, you are being mindful. You are being in the moments with them. You are looking at them, but not thinking, which yeah. is very hard. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's like you are aware that you're thinking about, for example, a project that you have to work on, but you don't dwell on it. Like you don't let it become, you know, something that kind of integrates into your body. Maybe you just kind of observe it and you let it go. Yeah, exactly. You accept it. You acknowledge that the thought is there and you have to do the project, but that's it. And you let the next thought come in, which can be anything. For me, for example, it's always food related. Every time I'm meditating, I'm thinking about food or what I'm doing for dinner. It's, you know, 
<laughs> I love that. Oh my god! Literally, food lovers are my family. Honestly, I love food so much. I'm definitely thinking about food a lot of the times. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think most people probably are thinking about either work or food or uh, something happening with their loved ones or something. Our to do list is also yeah. Very- oh my god! Totally, especially if you're like if you want to get it done and you're like so obsessed with it that you kind of like don't relax throughout your day because you're always thinking about it. And I feel that I think mindfulness, what it feels like to me. um, And it's something that I really try to cultivate in my own life because I understand how, how better it makes me feel. I might not understand fully like the psychology behind it, but it feels better because it feels like, you know, you might have stress, you might have self-doubts and fears and all these things coming up because your day has, you know, fluctuations, like it goes up, it goes down, you have good moments and bad moments, but you never like let that sink into a point where it like fully changes kind of the chemistry of your body and, and, and you become that feeling. So for example, you've, you feel stressed in this particular moment, but you don't let stress be like your entire day. Or, you know, you might have a hard conversation that you need to have, but you don't let that on your mind and stay there forever. Right. Yeah. And actually a a very fun fact about mindfulness. um, This is intertwined with the benefits of mindfulness, Mm -hmm. um, which I know we are going to address. uh, Yeah. But mindfulness basically can change the neurochemistry of your brain so it can release um, dopamine it can uh, rewire your brain towards more positive thoughts and more positive states of mind so it's exactly what you said is the more mindful you are the more your brain gets rewired into feeling good into having those nice feelings without needing to being stimulated with for example our phones or books or you just enjoy the state of being there I guess wow I love that okay that is exciting uh I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about all the benefits of mindfulness just for our audience to really understand how important it is to cultivate it um yeah so generally speaking uh, mindfulness gives you a greater insight um, about Mm -hmm. yourself and this is important because it's going to influence uh, everything else so um, in a few minutes I'm going to tell you that mindfulness reduces anxiety and stress uh, but you're going to ask me how 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 does that happen basically um, it mindfulness gives you insight about what you want about your life about yourself it connects you um, to yourself and you feel more authentic and close to what to who you are and being in that state it makes you see what you need to heal or grow or develop um, so it makes you available to change available to grow um, and that's when it happens that's when you get calmer uh, it reduces anxiety and stress Um, because you're not worried about the past or the future anymore you're focused on the present it can it can help with with depression exactly because you enjoyed the little things even though everything else for you is dark the little things of just being 
end up, you know, exciting you. Um, it improves your, your sleep because you are calmer um, and lowers your blood pressure because you are calmer. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, it helps with emotional regulation. So it, you decrease the ways you react to things. So, and basically what happens is that you are more flexible to those things, um, mm -hmm. to the unexpected. Instead of reacting, you stop, you are mindful, and you act, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it Overall, it improves your quality of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. The well-being, like emotionally, physically, and mentally, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's all connected, of course. Um, yeah, but it it acts on on every every front, basically. What we like to say, the triangle uh, on the body, the mind, and and the soul. Because, of course, you feel more connected to yourself and more in love with yourself and with your life. Yeah, everything works out better. And I think it really gives you kind of more space in your mind, for example, because I know that a lot of people are like overthinkers. They're always anxious about something, always thinking about the next thing or trying to control everything. And it has helped me a lot because it really allows me to understand what is my truth beyond those thoughts and what is like the worry and the anxiety and the fears. Exactly. What is the little voice in our head and what is our true voice the, yeah. definitely i again i'm a meditation coach and mindfulness coach um but i, I suffer from the same i i have to take time to understand what i'm really feeling like you said like what is what i'm really feeling beyond all of those emotions and all of those thoughts i usually say it's like being the eye of the storm because you kind of like you have the storm around you and everything going on but you that's are perfect. the observer <laughs> perfect yeah. that's exactly it yes <laughs> yeah and it feels calmer I usually say this uh to a lot of my clients which is like you still feel like shit sometimes like you feel all these feelings you feel fear you feel heartbreak but it does hit in a different way like what I've realized is that I still feel what I felt before. The only difference is that now I'm at peace, although I might experience pain, although I might experience heartbreak, or although I experience fear, I I feel more grounded. I feel more um, like I'm not going to fall apart. Like not everything is going to be like I'm not going to die or something. Because when you're we don't when you don't have the sense of presence or like inner structure that mindfulness creates. It's almost like you crumble with each bad thing that happens. Yes, you are like, imagine you're overtaken by all of that emotion. Instead of feeling it and acknowledging it, you're just completely swallowed. Like it, mm -hmm. it takes over you. So it's exactly what you said. You feel more stable, more grounded because you are experiencing it in a different way. And your brain is already um, aware that he needs to feel that in order to go through that emotion and go mm -hmm. through that healing process. But that is not a permanent state. So your body stops to panic. basically. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's exactly like that. Like my body feels all these things, but kind of integrates it, feels it and lets it go. And it's not that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it is like it's le- definitely one of the most important things if you want to increase your like well-being and just your like quality of life. And I love all the benefits that you talked about because it, it feel it's like when you are mindful, for example, of your thoughts. Because even if right now you are struggling with like a lot of negative talks, uh, like self-talk and negative thoughts in general, and you're a bit of like you're always catastrophizing everything that might happen. Like when you start becoming mindful, your thoughts are still going to be there, but you, you also kind of gain power over them and you can start to change them and reframe your mind, reframe those thoughts and create a different narrative for yourself, which allows you to, for example, cultivate more gratitude, cultivate like more like abundance or a bit a better mindset rather than focusing on all the bad things that are happening and how it is always so bad and you're so unlucky and all of those things. A hundred percent. You you take on the problem in a completely different perspective. Um, f- for me, for example, personally, um, I- I'm going to share this, but uh, one thing that I struggle with the most is rest. So mm-hmm. I feel like I can never rest because I always need to be doing something. So sometimes I'm just <laughs> reading my book, you know, in, in my couch, just sitting there, minding my own business. And here comes this thought, just like, hi, why aren't you working? <laughs> and, you know, before mindfulness, I would be, oh, man, I do need to work. Why am I doing this? And it would, you know, one thought leads to another and I would stress and then I would end up working. But right oh, now Jesus. I listen to the, to that thought and I understand, no, this this is that tiny voice in my mm-hmm. head that is the perfectionism actually mm-hmm. and i am mindful of it i acknowledge it's here but right now i'm putting this boundary that this is me time and yeah. i'll work tomorrow i love that you know i'm also going to share my own personal story that i struggle a lot with which is uh, body image and you know, food, anything related to the body. Um, I also hear those voices in me, like the voice that says, oh, you should start working out because look, you're, you know, you're gaining weight or at least you should be waiting less or whatever. And I still hear those thoughts, like they're still there, but they're getting like less overwhelming and they're getting quieter and quieter because I can tune into myself and my truth and my higher self and be like, no, like, I understand that this is, this thought is coming from a trauma and a lot of things from my past, but this does not get to be my narrative because I love myself enough to know that I deserve to eat when I'm hungry, that I can move my body without it being about, you know, losing weight and that my body deserves to like feel good as it is right now. And that's, I don't have to change anything. And your power back. Yeah, you take your power back because you create space between those voices and your truth. It's kind of like you understand and you finally get to see that there's like kind of a, a default setting in your thoughts, which is based on, you know, your past experiences, your childhood traumas and all of that. And then there's the the truth of like this higher knowing, this better knowing of what is actually going on. And how you can like change what you're doing because the thoughts that you have influence influence everything. They influence yes. your actions. They influence like your reactions, and they change your life. They literally can change your life. So when you 
are able to create that mindfulness and tune in, you can actually just like change that narrative for yourself. Because I like by hearing those thoughts, I could maybe not eat for a few more hours. But what I do is, okay, I know what that is. I'm going to eat anyways. And so I'm not going to have an eating disorder because of it. Or I'm not going to like not do this or do that because of those thoughts. Like I'm going to I'm going to still choose to do what my intention and in, in truth is telling me to do. Yeah, exactly. You, you shift from listening to your ego yeah. um, to listening to your higher self. And also uh, because it is related to your inner child and so on. Mm-hmm. So there is a big shift. And the more you cultivate mindfulness and meditation, the more you do that, um, what you just explained. So the more it shifts, the more you can listen to your higher self and tune in with your true potential. I love that. So uh, we're talking about meditation, but do you have any other practices that help you cultivate mindfulness? Um, Yeah, for me personally, um, the one I love the most is mindful walking. It is similar to mindful meditation, but usually it is um, every time I'm in a park or somewhere with nature, I put everything away, my headphones, my phone, everything. And I'm just enjoying the walk. So Mm -hmm. um, the best way to practice mindfulness is to do that with other things. Just enjoy your coffee or just um, fall asleep without listening to a a podcast or watching TV. Um, So it it is really that simple. It is really just being in the present moment. Mm -hmm. It it just takes a lot of willpower and Mm -hmm. Um, you can basically practice mindfulness with everything. I feel like it's funny. You're talking about going on walks. I love going on like morning walks, especially now that the weather has been great. And I have committed to like not leaving the house with my phone. So I just put my phone away. I leave it here and I go for my walk because I know if I have my phone, I'm probably going to scroll on it. (laughs) It's just inevitable. I'm just going to check messages. I always have something to do on my phone. Right. But like putting it away and actually being in the present moment, it helps a lot. And for example, another thing is when I'm cooking, I don't usually use, like, I don't put any music on. I don't use my phone I'm just there cooking and also enjoying meals because we've become so like it's been so normalized for us to always have something going on like in the background and I kind of wanted to have this conversation with you also because of it because we are always consuming something and we're so addicted to like always having some sound and always having things going on and I think that changes a lot of our like well-being and chemistry and all of those things because there's always something like dopamine some type of dopamine stimulation going on which i'm sure like it it affects us because we kind of become addicted to always having that dopamine going on and so we are never quiet it's so weird that nowadays like being quiet or not having music on or not having something going on actually feels weird to most people like it feels discomfortable yeah. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. It is, as you said, phones um, phones and social media. I, I put them apart because 
uh, I believe that it started greatly with social media, but mm -hmm. it, they are an addiction. Um, they started out like as a convenient tool and it's really great for um, content and business and communicating with friends and having fun. Yes, of course, but mm -hmm. it is an addiction at this point. Um, I'm going to get a little technical here, but just... yeah. Just yeah, you know. please go for it. <laughs> My Virgo brain. Um, so there are basically what characterizes an addiction. There are three um, main elements, but basically, um, and putting it into very uh, simple way, um, it's the necessity to start doing it on a daily basis, whatever it mm -hmm. is, the impossibility to stop doing it on cue, and uh, the need to increase the time you do it after a while which wow. is three things that social media actually um, ends up being. So yeah. many people, you know, take their phone out of their pockets to answer a quick text and automatically like normal action after that is open Instagram and start scrolling. Sometimes mm -hmm. they don't even, they're not even aware of that. They just start scrolling. And yeah. even if it's just to check, you know, a notification, your brain sometimes, um, just it is a habit to check social media and messages so yeah. it, it is hard to stop of course it is um you know there are people who wake up and the first thing they do is take take their phone to see if they have notifications or messages or whatever um so it's exactly what you said it is an addiction yeah i love that this is such an important conversation because i think we all struggle with it like we're not talking from a place of yeah we're so much better because we get no. it we're, we're we're totally addicted too <laughs> yes and, yeah it, and it has been so normalized and that's kind of what we want to like talk about because like although it's normalized it doesn't mean it's good or it's okay it, it's not okay for us um something that I struggled with was using my phone in the mornings. Cause the first thing that I'm thinking about, especially with an online business is, Oh my God, let me check my notifications. Let me check like how my posts did. And then I start like answering messages, looking for like video ideas or, you know, doing all these things. And then it's been two hours and I'm still in bed and yeah. I'm so tired. Like my eyes are hurting. Cause I'm not even like wearing glasses at that point. And so I'm like, literally my eyeballs feel like they're like two inches like more I don't know how to explain it like my eyes are hurting yeah. my head is so it's like and it just like I just started my day and it's such a bad addiction and what I've realized and this is also why I wanted to have this conversation is that I was really losing the moment like the present moment because of it because yeah. I would get on my phone and then I've watched a few videos and it's funny because even if you watch one only one video, like that sound or that music or that idea is already kind of going to stay with you for the rest of your day. And yeah. for example, sometimes I, I see my sister like scrolling on TikTok or something. It's crazy that like in one minute you're listening to maybe 10 or more audios, like different content, like different stimul stimulation. And it's like so much Yes, it, it is a lot. Your brain is constantly bombarded with this video and this sound. And then, you know, you watch a video in the morning and you spend the whole day just singing the song mm -hmm. um, or talking about it, you know, during the whole day. So the, if the first thing you do in the morning and I, I am talking, but I am 100 percent guilty of the mm -hmm. same thing um, because I, I am human. And, you know, it is, it is hard. It is hard. It is. 
but it, this will immediately shift your mindset, you know, for the day. And in, instead of using th that first hour of your brain to say some affirmations and start the day off, uh, quote unquote, right, um, you spend it on social media and then your back is hurting because you're laying there for an hour and mm -hmm. you need to change your hand because the other hand is hurting. And, yeah. you know, it's just like snowball effect. It just, yeah. you can't stop at certain And it's point. like your brain feels already tired by all of that consumption. We might not even realize it because we're so used to it, but then our brain can't process information the same way. For example, because I do a lot of creative work in like creating content and all of those things. Like I notice that when I'm on my phone for a long time, that I don't function the same way. Like I don't have as many ideas. I'm not as creative and I don't feel as inspired in general. Like I feel much more tired and much more drained because like your phone and especially social media, because as we said, like it is two different things. I do believe that it is. There's a different stimulus, like stimulation going on with social media. Like it's literally made to keep you there. Um, and like when you're consuming all of that, first thing in the morning, like using your brain when it's fresh, like it's ready to, you know, absorb all of this new energy and information. And you're, that's the first thing that you do. You're really like losing so much by doing so. Something that I've been doing is like basically staying off my phone during the first hours of the morning. I go for my morning walk. I cuddle my dog. I eat, I journal a bit, or I meditate, or I do some terror, whatever it is but I really just try to stay off my phone, especially social media. Um, and it does help me instantly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do the same the first hour of the morning and the last hour of the night mm -hmm. because there that for me was a big problem. You know, I was going to bed early because I was super tired and I was just like checking my notifications and suddenly 40 minutes have passed and yeah. I'm not sleeping and I'm not honoring my body and that's not self-love because I literally went to bed to be able to give my body sleep and suddenly I'm on social media making my body even more tired so yeah it's it, it's counterproductive and then you have the rest of the problem which is are you mindful of your social media because yeah. you can be mindful while using social media you can be mindful of you know having positive content but is everything you follow positive because your brain will absorb that too you know you will go to sleep or wake up to that type of content and that yeah you know besides of um your brain already how you how you said uh, being stimulated and being you know overloaded with information if this information is like not positive or not aligned with your with whatever you want for the day it, it gets even worse yeah, I love that you're touching upon that because obviously, like, we're not saying stop using social media or quit your apps or whatever. Like, we're we can't ask you that if you want to do it, but it's not something that we're gonna ask because we're not gonna do it ourselves. That's for exactly. sure. <laughs> um, but it's definitely something interesting to be mindful of what you're following. It's very easy to follow people that seem to have it all that, you know, have the perfect bodies that are consuming all the time, showing you like the latest trends or, and you're always like, not just consuming mentally, but also then consuming physically, like whatever they're buying, whatever they're using. And yeah. the thing is, 
is what you're consuming, is the content you're consuming good for the person that you want to become and the life that you want to have? And that's yes. such an important conversation. Exactly. Keep your feeds positive. Um, and this goes with the apps on your phone as well. Um, if you have an app that doesn't make you happy, delete it. Um, you don't need mm -hmm. it. If you have yeah. pictures of your ex on your phone, delete it. Totally don't, delete them. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't yeah. do that. But, you know, just delete everything from a social media that doesn't make you feel inspired because, you know, if you're judging the posts or if you're having thoughts about that post, you're not practicing mindfulness, of course, because you need to be non-judging. Um, yeah. But when you think negatively about others or a post, um, or you look at someone who seems to have it all, like you said, this makes you mm -hmm. feel bad, not yeah. the other person, that other person is still in their five-star hotel doing whatever, um, but it makes you feel bad. You will feel guilty. You will feel envy. So and that's a bad emotion for yeah. a long-term period. period. Yeah. So you're feeding that to your brain constantly. It, you, you're going to feel that, you know, almost every day. Exactly. Like, it's it's really important what you're saying because, like, I, I try to follow educational content. And even then, sometimes, because I also do a lot of educational content myself, when I start getting wrapped up in comparison and all of those things, I instantly like just stop because I don't want to engage in those thoughts for too long because they do have an effect on you. Like they make yeah. you feel worse for a reason. Yeah. And I think it's so important to set boundaries with yourself when it comes to your phone usage and, you know, how to really just take time to be mindful. And the more you take that time, the well, the better you're going to feel. And and I think that's such an important thing. Like, for example, I was just commenting about the fact that I have uh, like uh, app limits on my phone. Uh, I just do, did that because I, I couldn't hold myself from, you know, continuing to uh, scroll on my phone and continuing to engage in these apps. And so I decided to put a limit on it. And I work with these apps, guys. So it's like, if you're not working with these apps and you're spending three to four or more hours on your phone, you really have to check in with yourself and, and ask yourself, like, should I be using this time for something else, for something better? Um, am I like, is this being productive at all? Or is this helping me feel better about myself or whatever? Because if it's not, then really make a hard decision because like, what's the point? At the end of the day, you're just wasting so many precious hours that are literally not only are you wasting those hours, but because of that phone usage, you're wasting even more hours after that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if you haven't monitored, monitored like your time on social media, you should because it's so much more than we ex than we expect. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy. You spend so much time that you could be doing other things and... You know, and you can say, oh, but I like being on social media and, and, and that's fine. Like if you're happy with it, that's fine. But what we're saying is if, if there's something you want to change, if there's some, if you want to improve, if you imagine that you want to start meditating or start going to the gym and still have those hours of social media, you are choosing that, you know, you are choosing to uh, give more importance to one thing than the other. So mm -hmm. this is why it is so important. And this is something that people do not want to hear at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, it's... you know, 
people keep looking for solutions because they they don't like the ones that that are pretty basic and when I talk about this people always get mad at me so please please don't come for me (laughs) no but it's true like we don't want to take responsibility for you know our actions and for uh, our choices because most of them and again because you're not practicing mindfulness most of your choices are coming from a place of you know it's your subconscious mind you're not really like actively thinking about what you're doing and and being intentional about what you're doing yeah and this your, is why that's immediate dopamine yeah you want that immediate dopamine you want to have that like immediate satisfaction and like just feeling of oh my god like this is so good it's like it's literally like smoking or drinking alcohol or literally any other addiction like literally and maybe even worse because again it's so normalized we don't even notice we're doing it exactly and the first step is is always to choose is always to choose to want to change because if you put yourself in that mind state then you will be able to uh, look for solutions and accept them and do them Uh, instead of being in that endless loop of social media and consumption yeah and just like you were saying we we are usually looking for like our like solutions but the truth is we already know what we have to do which is like stop or you know take a break or do something else and I think like first of all I think it's because people are afraid to be bored like we don't like being bored anymore. It's something that is not normal anymore. And I'm kind of scared for the kids that are growing up and, you know, they have their iPads and they're consuming content almost like since they were born. That scares me, honestly, because if we're in this situation now, imagine it like them. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't. Um, I've actually been uh, looking into that a lot, like, um because I am looking into like types of education. How can you educate your child into spirituality and everything? And there is so much content around social media and not giving your child the screens and TV and the iPad because it, they grow up to that, you know, that their brain, which is, you know, when you're little, your brain has a lot of uh, neuroplasticity. So it changes it will adapt to that. It will crave that and need that even more than than me and you do. So yeah. I do think about that a lot as well um, and about what is going to be uh, for those people. Yeah. And, you, you know, you were saying, um, you were talking about the neuroplasticity and it's very interesting because like even us, for example, like we're consuming a lot of content and it feels normal because we're used to it. But the truth is like our brain, our body cannot like, um, like they can't process that fully. Like we are consuming way more information that we can, than we, what, uh, than what we can actually process. Right. Yes. Like you're giving a million informations to your brain at the same time. Most of them like, very empty mm-hmm. of content but it's still stimulating because it has colors and sounds and this and that so your brain doesn't know where to focus so you know yeah. you get tired yes of course your brain is just jumping all around yeah um, and it's so hard to just stop that loop like yeah um one of the things that is really important is like um 
people, as I said, keep looking for solutions. And the very obvious solution is just, just don't look at it. Just don't, yeah. you know, um, because we say, put your phone down and do something else. It is hard, you know, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, it's like you want to fight that idea. Mm -hmm. um, but again, uh, one thing that I found that works for myself in order to stop this might sound very counterproductive, but it's actually to have my phone on me mm -hmm. because, um, you know, if I cannot be with my phone without checking it, there's an, a way other things that I need to work. I on, love that. Especially. Yeah. My impulse control, emotional regulation, you know, all of that. Um, yeah. For me, this is what works best. Um, but of course, for other people is to keep the phone away from them. And this is something people need to explore by themselves because we all consume um, social media for different things. Yeah, totally. Um, I can give a few examples of what I've been doing lately, guys. Uh, I think it might help you. But for example, I put my phone on not disturb like in the mornings and most actually mostly throughout my day. I have like a few contacts. It's my mom, my dad, my sister um and someone else <laughs> but i put them as like okay. someone else <laughs> <laughs> yeah i put them as like okay i'm gonna get notifications from them so if i get a call that i feel like is important then i'll take it but uh i put it with non-disturbed so i'm not getting notifications and the thousand messages that i'm getting um I also try and not be on my phone when I'm doing certain activities, like if I'm cleaning my room or I'm taking a shower or I'm eating breakfast or all of these things that are already existing in my day, I try to do them more mindfully, uh, for example, going for a walk. So um, something I've read this in a book, it's called uh, Atomic Habits. I don't know if you read that book. It's really good, actually. Yeah, I did. It's amazing. You it's guys should read it. Yeah, it is amazing. And he talks about pairing out habits. So for example, if you want to include a new habit in your day to day life, you can actually pair it with something that you already do that you're like very used to because it, it is easier than to like create a completely new space for something else. So what I do is I take all these things that I already do, and I make them more mindful. So I eat and I don't use my phone. That's a habit. Not using my phone is a habit, just like using your phone is a habit. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. For me, it's not sleeping with my phone next to me because I, I got an alarm clock and everything because you know, my phone was my alarm. So, of course, I had my phone next to me on my nightstands. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I went to bed and I was like, oh, but my phone is right there. If I could just check the message or just, you know, mm -hmm. And for me, yeah. that was the end of it. I just decided that I am not sleeping next to my phone anymore. Um, but this happened. And then I went through a very bad period in my life. And mm -hmm. I needed that distraction to fall asleep. So, yeah. of course, you can always go back. And there are times in your life in which that is needed for healing. But you need to understand and be mindful of what your brain and your body and your soul needs and what you want to do yeah yeah so it, it like what she's trying to say is that it wasn't coming from a place of you know quick fix of your emotions right yeah. 
because exactly. you are aware of your emotions. You are aware that you need to feel whatever it, it was that you were going through in order to heal. So please be mindful that if you aren't very mindful right now, and if you are not used to cultivating that, like try to understand yourself first, because there are moments where I do need my phone. There are moments where, you know, I love listening to music. Music is such a big part of my life. And if you've li been mm -hmm. listening to this po podcast, you already know, but you know, I, I love music. I love dancing. I love all these things and I'm going to keep consuming, but sometimes it's so good that I can actually just, okay, you know what? Like right now, my body really feels like taking a break, like taking my moment and appreciating what I'm doing right now. And it feels good to, you know, cook a meal and listen to all those like different sounds, listen to me chopping onions or listen to the water boil without constantly being stimulated by something else or, you know, going outside and listening to the birds, to like the wind and the trees. And it feels like it really allows you to see more beauty in the world. Yeah. And to see things that you never saw before. And mm -hmm. for me, feeling the sun um, in my face, it's one of the most um, mindful moments I have. Um, yeah. Every time I can, I just spend a few moments in the sun because it does give me energy and, you know, it does give me this positive mindset and yeah. just, just be mindful of what your body needs. And if your body needs to stop, listen to it. You, yeah. need, you need to really look what your body needs. Is your body, because let's be honest why why do we use social media it's either to entertain ourselves or to run away from something um, totally mm -hmm. so why are you doing that are you doing it just because you really want those 10 minutes of just scrolling like everyone does because it's fun or are you running away or hiding um, really be mindful of of why you are using the social media yeah I love that that's that's so important to talk about because it is very easy to use our phones as a distraction. And I see that happening a lot. Like when, when we could be acting and doing something else that is actually meaningful to our lives, you know, dealing with a problem in our lives, talking to someone, having a difficult conversation, whatever it is, but actually doing what we're supposed to do instead of that, we scroll on our phones. And for example, when I was going through my breakup with my ex, like, I, I used to either I was either smoking weed to distract myself and not feel anxious or I was like completely like just synced and uh, like addicted to my phone and like scrolling for hours and hours and hours. I did not want to sit with my thoughts. I did not want to sit with those discomfortable feelings, but they were so needed because like when I finally allowed myself to feel whatever that was and feel the heartbreak, feel the grief. It was only then that I could actually like feel empowered to do something about it and finally let go. Yeah. Yeah. And again, sitting denial is, is a part of grief, like being in denial and mm -hmm. not wanting to deal with those emotions and trying totally. to, to cover it up. It's it's it happens to all of us. Yeah. Um, the the thing is until when do we do this? You know, mm -hmm. how much longer do we do that? Um, and yeah. when we understand that that is just to run away or to cover up or we, we need to really sit down and and make some changes. Yeah, I love that. I think 
I'm so happy that we talked about this. I feel like this has been so powerful and this is going to make them think. <laughs> think, guys, think. I hope so. I, I really hope so because especially uh, I'm very happy to be here because um, recently um, I think mindfulness has been very um, gatekept. So, you know, people want you to believe that being mindful requires a lot of effort and only a few people can achieve it and yeah um you know that is something that people naturally possess and no of course it comes easier if you do it every day but it is available to everyone this is such a powerful healing tool and yeah. once you asked me do you want to come on the podcast i was like yes yes i want to spread information <laughs> i want to talk about this because it is yeah. really important and yeah yeah it is very important and totally like mindfulness is not this enlightenment state or something guys like this is totally something possible it's just about like being with yourself literally just being existing in that moment and not having to do something else and just like experiencing the world around you as it is right now instead of like thinking about the future or the past or you know not actually being there and just like we've talked about, the more you do this, the better you're going to feel, the more empowered you're going to feel. And it's really an act of self-love. We've it been is. talking about it here and there, but it is an act of self-love because it allows you to listen to yourself in a whole different way. It's like, you know, you might hear a child calling like their mom, right? But the mom is listening, but not paying attention, right? And that's not the same thing as actually asking the child, what is it that you need? What is it that you want? And mindfulness is kind of like that. You get to sit with yourself and really understand, like really, really understand what is it that I need? What is it that I want? What is it that my higher self is calling me to do? What is it that my inner child needs from me right now? Yeah. So it, it is self-love. It is respect. Definitely. Yeah. I'm so grateful for this conversation. I think it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me too. I'm so happy. So, yeah, guys, that was it. And we'll hopefully be on the podcast again (laughs) together talking about something else. Yeah, whenever you want, I'm I'm here. Thank you so much for for doing this and um, for having such an interesting project because it, you know, you reach so many people's lives um, and you inspire so many people. So I'm really proud of you. Um, oh. I've known you for two years and I watched you grow and I'm yeah. really proud of you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, guys. <laughs> bye. Bye guys. So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tag me on your Instagram account and let me know what your takeaways are and make sure you're sharing this with your friends, you know, following the podcast for the next episodes and also reviewing my podcast because that helps a lot. And if you want to check out these information, I'm going to leave it in the podcast episode information below. So yeah, I really hope you enjoy this and talk to you very, very soon. Bye.